Well, guys, we're finding ourselves in a little bit of a weird situation. We created a whole show with a purpose to find this man a fight. And now, after the big win at UFC 266, it looks like the fights are finding him. Dan Hooker joins us from a nap in Las Vegas to find out that he will be on UFC 267 against Islam Makhachev. Dan Hooker, welcome back to the show. And what, what, what are we calling this one? It's not Dan Hooker looking for a fight. I guess it's Dan Hooker reacting to a fight. Has too many fights. <laughs> <laughs> too many fights, man. Um, this is- Can never have too many fights. Yesterday, you're playing Drunk Uno with Oscar Willis with the Mac Life. You're, you're doing shots with Volkanovsky uh, with the Schmo and Helen Yee. He's saying, no, no, Islam Makachev. Logistically, it can't work. And now, me hours later, a day later, all of a sudden you're booked. How did this come together, man? Yeah, they hadn't offered me the fight yet. That's uh, there's no real, <laughs> there's no real, there's no real secret to it. Like, uh, yeah, I'm like, uh, I can't, I, I can't turn a fight down. It's like the craziest thing. I'm like, nah, this is like the smart thing to do. This is the smart thing to do. He asked me if I wanted to fight, and I said, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I can't turn fights down. Hang on, so you're so okay. So when you were doing what the Schmo Zone or Oscar Willis and stuff, this was yesterday. This is like less than 24 hours ago. So the the offer came, you know, within the last 24 hours. That's how quickly it was signed, sealed, and delivered, right? Um, yeah, I woke up uh, this morning, had a couple of missed miss calls. From who? Called uh, from Sean Shelby. I called him back and he says, you're still alive. I've been trying to get a hold of you for the last how many days? And I said, hey, I'm barely alive, but I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Too much Uno. Yeah, yeah, yeah you want to fight Azar Magachev? And I said, yeah, cool, I'll fight him. Dan's like us trying to get you for the post-fight show that a few months back. <laughs> Dan, where'd you go? <laughs> Blake had you with the pirate ship. So wait, so yeah, let, me break, yeah. let me find out about this though. Um, obviously, like you kind of you manage yourself, you organize your deals yourself. You would have known that they would have maybe tried for like a Tony Ferguson or something. Was you saying that the fight's not happening? Was that like kind of like a part of the neg- negotiations, maybe to get them to offer you a little bit extra for sticking around and taking this fight? Oh, they knew full well the situation. They knew the situation I'm in. Um, I don't know. It was kind of all just uh, done like without without saying. Like Sean Shelby knows the situation I'm in. He knows that taking this fight means that I'm stuck outside of New Zealand like indefinitely. So he just came to me with a, like a, something that made sense. Um, but yeah, it was to be honest, he just asked me if I wanted to fight. Like it's... Uh, They've given me like a little bit extra for having to lift my life up and completely move it like somewhere else. But um, it's not about the money. It's about proving you're the best fighter in the world at the end of the day. So when you call up the wife, she thinks Dan Hook is calling me, telling me about his fun time at the gun range. We saw you had a good time over there. A fun time at the Raiders game. What's the first thing that she says to you when you say, honey, I might not see you for the next few years. <laughs> Oh, she had a hunch. She had a hunch. There's a smart, there's a smart woman. This is a, this woman's been with me um, since before I've been in the UFC. So she she knows what I'm like. She knows I can't turn fights down, and this is what I do. So she was cool. So obviously, I know you don't have sort of a definitive answer as far as how you're getting home, but like. 
do you have any idea at all? Like, I know that you kind of, well, I don't, there's no video down. I don't know if the, the Wi-Fi dropped out or, or what happened. Are you still there? Dan? I wonder if Dan went into like the elevator or something. Oh, yeah, here or... we go. You back? Yep. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm just moving downstairs so Frank doesn't drive off. Okay. Okay, cool. Do you want to go sideways with the video? Yeah, perfect. Awesome. This is like cribs, but an entire hotel. Um, so, okay. Do you have any idea how you're getting home? Because you're, you're stuck indefinitely, right? Now, just go into like the... Um, Okay, so Dan's in an elevator. The master of suspense. The, yeah, we're moving now. Yeah, you can hear me. We can now. Yeah, you said. Yeah, I just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just go into the the lottery with everyone else. It's like uh, it's just a luck of the draw whether you're going to be able to come back to New Zealand now or in a year and a half or two years. You just don't know. Yeah, it's like playing the lottery for money, except you have much less chance of actually getting back into New Zealand than winning the $20 million. Oh, bro, that's like terrible. Like, it's obviously like a situation like mine. But then there's like, obviously, um, like people. All right, I think Dan's Wi-Fi is, oh, okay. I'm we, out again. We got, we got you back. <laughs> yep, yep, go on. Yeah, it's just like a, a, a real, like, cruel system on, on the whole. Yeah, but I was going to say, obviously, uh, Jacinta Ardern, she put out a bit of a statement, but it doesn't look like she's really going to be doing anything about these rules and regulations. Eugene Behrman was on before, spoke about how all you guys want is the fair treatment that the All Blacks get and some of the other sports teams in New Zealand. And obviously, All Blacks, you know, mean a lot to the country, but there's a great sort of uh, thing there where you guys are actually more popular in the States and around the world than a lot of the All Blacks. Um, so there's definitely... The case to be made where you guys deserve, deserve the same rights as these sporting teams what do you think is the next step or is are you in your mind are you sort of just kind of giving up at this stage with things getting switched out before you make this big move permanently to the united states uh like same thing you got to focus on what's i got um like a pretty tough matchup i gotta focus on that fight um like yeah she come out and said you guys are getting treated fairly and i agree with that we're getting treated like everyone's getting screwed. I feel like everyone's getting fairly screwed all together. Uh, business owners, people trying to travel, people trying to get home and see sick relatives. I feel like it's um, the system needs something to change and it needs to change very quickly. Mm, 100%. So as you mentioned, you got Islam Makachev. What's your preparation look like now for Islam who, you know, it's only a matter of weeks away now? I got Frank Hickman over here. So he's, uh, you know, Andre Paulette's a wrestling coach of mine. Frank Hickman's a wrestling coach of mine. So I've been, I get to work with him up close and personal. You know, you'll use all the facilities of the PI and all the resources they have there. So no, I'll be, um, it's already looking like a far better training camp than the last one. So I got no <laughs> real complaints. Really? So this one, even though this is so short notice, it could even be better than, well, I guess you training in a garage, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Pretty much, like, that's a hard thing to say. Like, oh, you're not even training with any of your team or your coaches. It's like, nah, but it could be better than the last time. So it's, um, yeah, it's a tough spot. How long are they going to be there? Are they stuck as well? And will they be there for the fight and to be in your corner? Or are they only going to be there for a little while? And then what happens on fight night? Uh, just Frank's come with me. Frank will come with me to, um, he'll train with me over here and come with me to Abu Dhabi. I can't ask 
any coaches to come fly over, meet me in um, Fight Island, and then and then not be able to return. Like that's um, they got families and jobs and all that kind of thing they need to focus on. I'm not even gonna, I wouldn't even ask them to 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 put themselves on the line like that. It's um, yeah, yeah, no, you can totally understand. Obviously, like asking your team to come over, it's a huge ask with the travel situation. Um, it's just crazy that you're going to be doing it with kind of a skeleton crew. Uh, speaking of traveling, man, do you want to go to UFC 268? I would love to go to UFC 268. Dennis and I aren't even going to UFC 268, but we'd love to. And the crazy thing is we're excited to let you know about this insane giveaway as we partner up with our new partners at Canadips. Uh, Canadips are giving away... Two free tickets for you that include airfare and luxury lodging to UFC 268, Usman versus Covington 2 in Madison Square Garden, New York, one of my favorite places in the world, and you can go there, live like a king. All you got to do, you don't even need to buy anything. All you got to do is head to canadipscbd.com, join in on the madness. Isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, man. Madison Square Garden, the mecca. And you guys can go there thanks to Canadips CBD. They are a smokeless, tobacco, nicotine-free dip alternative with cutting-edge CBD technology. No more rubbing lotion on your thighs after rolling on the mat or sneaking gummy bears into your workout regimen. Canada CBD are fast-acting, calorie-free, and are the best smokeless product on the market. You can now pack fatties anywhere, anytime, and not worry about the wife or bad looks in the office. To win this amazing package, just like Casper said, no purchase is necessary. Head to CanadipsCBD.com and click the Fight of the Year link on the homepage. Drop an email and phone number, and Canadips will pick one lucky winner on October 25th at 5 p.m. PSD Live on the at Canadips Instagram. You guys can also enter at Canadips Instagram. Type it in and look for the blue check verified account. Click the link in the bio, man. Get into this. What an unbelievable competition. Yeah, that's right. Just promise you'll send us some photos when you're having fun in New York and uh, mm. we're still here in Australia, unfortunately. Uh, speaking of UFC 267, obviously we've got Dan Hooker versus Islam Makachev and a bunch of crazy other fights. Jan Bahovic versus Glover Teixeira, uh, Volkov versus Tabura, Lijing Liang versus Kamzat Shemaev and a whole bunch of others. What are you betting on? Who are you betting on? There's only one place to make your bets, especially with this juicy Dan Hooker versus Islam Makachev fight. Isn't that right, Dennis? That's that's right, man. You are talking, of course, about my bookie. And if you guys sign up this week with promo code submission, you can take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code submission. Get yourself a free cash bonus on top of the free bets and boosted odds that my bookie have to offer. But anything, anytime, anywhere with the promo code submission and my bookie. That's right. And uh, while you're flying to New York, uh, you know, they've got that check luggage uh, limit. Uh, don't be over that limit because uh, you got a bush in your pants. Make sure to get rid of that. You want to be partying in New York, right? So make sure you're strutting around in New York City like Ric Flair with the smoothest balls in town. Uh, and of course, our good friends at Manscaped provide nothing but that with the Lawnmower 4.0, the best grooming tool on the market. Say goodbye to cuts with the skin safe technology. You can do it in the dark and the shower if you like. It's waterproof. It's got an LED light. It's got 90 minutes of battery time, wireless charging. So you can just dock it, leave it there 
there in your bathroom, forget about it, and it's always ready. It's got the travel lock, so when you go to New York, it doesn't go off in your bag and waste the battery. It is the perfect grooming tool, and you can shave anything. It doesn't have to be your sack. It can be your arms, your back, anywhere where hair grows. The Performance Package 4.0 comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and they give you a bag to stick it all in to travel, the Shed Travel Bag. It's a great little gift, isn't that right, Dennis? Man, they make life easy. And if you win this competition, you go to Madison Square Garden. We all know Derek Lewis. His balls was hot. Let your balls mm. cool down a little bit with Manscaped. Use the promo code SUBMISSION. Get 20% off and free shipping. And if you do end up going to New York, make sure those balls are cool, not hot. We don't want hot balls <laughs> when you're up there watching the big fights, cast. That could be uncomfortable. So do that with the code word SUBMISSION. 20% off and free shipping. All right. With that out of the way, since that ad read, uh, many, many hours have passed <laughs> magically. Dan has gone to his wrestling practice, somehow come back in the last few minutes that we've been talking about all the other stuff. Dan, how, how was wrestling practice, man? That's really the key here. Yeah. Oh, mate, people, everyone that knows me is going to know what just happened. They're going to know that I had training. So whatever I was doing, I was shutting it off and it's time to get to the gym. You threw the phone out the window. You, yeah. Because yeah. if you're not... If you're not 15 minutes early, you are late. <laughs> you came there an hour early. You're just like, yeah, forget submission. Right? They'll be, they'll be around. And I come back. You come back. 25 uh, clinging stage five clinging messages on Instagram. Going, Dan, Dan, are you there? Dan, will you come back? We're staking out your hotel room. Now, but all serious. In all seriousness, man, you and Frank Hickman obviously just finished up your wrestling practice. Um, Islam's strategy, I suppose, to beating you would be on the ground, in the wrestling. Um, do you think he might be underestimating a little bit what he's taken on here when it comes to battling you on the ground? Um, yeah, like obviously he's got a pretty high opinion of himself. Um, and he's, like, credit to him, he's done um, pretty well in, like, his UFC, UFC career thus far. I'm excited. It's challenging to me. That's a big challenge to me. So I'm very excited for this fight. Because I feel like I'm one of the most well-rounded guys in the world. Um, so it's time to go out there and, and prove it and show it. So I feel like this is a great opportunity to show where I stack up. Mm. I think people thought that if this fight was going to come together, it'd be this massive fight. You'd both have full camps. And obviously, you're stepping up on short notice, showing <laughs> off you know, the biggest balls in New Zealand. How well do you think you can actually prepare for Islam in you know, such a short turnaround? And how much do you think your previous camp, if anything, helps, helped you at all? Yeah, like I'm, I'm ready to go again. I'm not all beat up from like a super drawn out training camp. <laughs> because it was like staying fit and, and training in my garage and pretty limited to what I could do. So I'm, um, yeah, like people were like thinking, how is it, how are you going to jump straight back into like all the hard stuff? Because I haven't done the hard stuff. I haven't done the hard sparring, hard wrestling um, for a long time. So I feel like even though I just fought, like my body, my body's fresh and good to go. Islam has said that sort of he wants to stand more in his fights, but his coaches tell him to focus on the wrestling. What do you imagine his game plan is going to be in this fight with you? And do you think he's going to try and attempt to do any striking with you or is it going to be straight away trying to get those takedowns in your opinion? Um, 
Yeah, I expect them to to try and get some takedowns. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that he's not even be, trying it. In, in your mind, he's not even trying it. Like he's not even going to try and show off any kind of aspect of his striking in this one. Um, no, I wouldn't expect him to. Like he's he's a specialist. Like he's great at what he does. Why would he? Why would he? go um go away from it he never has like deviated from from that plan of attack i don't expect him to to deviate um especially in like a fight like this Mm -hmm. i know like obviously obviously you're well-rounded and you're going in there very excited uh and you've been in there with like you know some of the best in the division but where would you say he stacks up in terms of some of your past opponents in terms of difficulty because i feel like he's in that point where he's like a very highly touted prospect but people are still trying to figure out what his ceiling is. How stiff of a challenge do you think he is as a fighter? Um, I feel like, yeah, well, he's, he's, it's just the fact that he's uh, like a specialist that makes him a bit different. Like not many guys, um, yeah, not many guys have like the grappling capability that he does and the style he implements it. I definitely feel I've fought specialists of the same caliber but in different areas, like I feel like Paul Feld is like a very strong um, specialist in the striking. Mm. Like a guy like guy like Poirier is um, kind of more like me, like not a real specialist, but uh, quite capable everywhere. So it's just styles make fights. Like this will be uh, um, like I obviously have the the striking advantage. Um, just because I feel like it's, I'm like a more well-rounded guy. Um, but he, you know, he, he, his advantage will lie in the in the grappling, mm. and that's no secret. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone knows that. So we know uh, now. Alex Volkanovski spoke to us about the Brian Ortega fight. He goes, "Hey, look, you know, Brian is a super uh, dangerous grappler. He's got a lot of submissions. But if the fight goes to the ground, I'm not afraid of that. Like I've, I've, I'm, I'm good on the ground as well." Is that the kind of mindset you've got as well? Like, obviously, you don't want this maybe to all take place on the ground. But if it does end up down there, it's not something that you're afraid of, like some of the previous opponents that Islam has had. Mm, nah, like, I feel like um, I feel like all my like aspects are just as good as each other. I feel like my striking rec- uh, wrestling and like submission game is. Um, is like all pretty similar and just because i i tend to strike and i've had an advantage um and i use my range and and play it smart in most of those fights doesn't mean i'm not like a capable wrestler or a grappler but but i'm not gonna sit here and i don't know just defend my skill set in like the the interviews because it feels what it is like uh, I feel like I'm just sitting here, like oh, I'm not a, sh- I'm not shit at jujitsu. Like <laughs> I, I feel like it will be easier. Like this is why I'm so excited for this fight because I can just go out there and show it. I don't have to sit in all these interviews and say like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this guy's um, not going to manhandle me because no one's ever uh, just come out there, grabbed a hold of me, and manhandled me. Like I'm pretty capable. <laughs> Like pretty capable in all areas, and I'm pretty confident. Yeah, hundred percent. And apologies if if we're coming off as like yeah. disrespectful in any no, way. No, like, like, no, definitely not. Like, it's, it's, I don't feel like attack. I feel like it's just a, a 
like a normal train of questioning. But, you know, we're still trying to figure this out, Dan. This is new for us as well. You have to think about us too here. You know, I know you're fighting him in a few (laughs) weeks, but don't be selfish here. We're trying to figure this out for ourselves. Now, because one of the things I was going to say is obviously matchup wise, um, it's a very, very interesting one for the division and for the fans in terms of things, how they play out in terms of actually making it over to Fight Island, how you feel physically. I mean, you just had a fight not too long ago. How are you envisioning sort of the body feeling? And is it a weird situation where you kind of have to relax things for a a week or so, let the body heal up a bit and then accelerate again? How does that sort of schedule and process look to you as you sort of get ready to go over to Fight Island for another fight of this kind of caliber? Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, there was a lot in that question. Uh, <laughs> Trying to cover myself for upsetting. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, upset no, like, my dad's feelings. Body, like body, feels good. Um, it's kind of only just accepted the fight like midday today over here. Um, so I'm still uh, like leaving everything to to Frank and um, he'll he's talking to huge and they all kind of put a training camp together. Like I trust them as coaches. So I don't even feel like it's something that I'm planning too much. Like I know the work will be there. I, and and compared to last training camp, I'm a, I'm excited to like actually train for a fight. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. And in terms of my body, it feels um, recovered. Talk to Jordy, the fight dietitian. He told me to go out and um, eat some burgers. So that's like everything's cool. I feel I already feel like pretty well rested, and I'm excited to get it, um, get some training done, and then get out there and get another opportunity to go to work. Like I'm excited, I'm excited all around for for all of this. I'm excited for the training. Um, I'm excited, I'm excited to not go back to New Zealand into lockdown. Like that is like another major plus. To mm. taking this fight is that I don't have to go home and sit in my house like that, or go go back and sit in a hotel room for two weeks. Like I get to actually stay here and train, and man, it's just like if my family was over here, this would be, um, yeah, this would be it would be perfect. Right, because you're like you're you're supposed to fly out what in in two days, three days on Sunday your time. So had you jumped on that flight you would basically be screwed and this fight probably wouldn't be happening. Yeah, but- I did. Um, I did at a, like 11 this morning. I did like my COVID test for the plane. Like I was I was expecting to um, get on a plane and go home. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, you're excited about this fight. What I love about this, right, is that for the longest time, people have been accusing you of ducking Islam. Oh, he doesn't want to fight Islam. Oh, he's scared of Islam and this and that. Not only are you fighting the guy, you're fighting him on short notice. What what kind of message do you think that sends to everybody? What what do, you, what do you think it says about you that you're willing to step up in far less than ideal conditions and and fight this guy? Basically, what you've been saying this whole time that I will fight him. Um, yeah, like it's it's worked out. Um, it's worked out for the best. Uh, yeah, like people were chiming in, but that's when I fought uh, Paul Felder on the main event. Like I was giving him some stick. Like way back then when he was calling me out for that, I already knew that I had the full Fowler fight and he was like calling me out for the main event in UFC Auckland. And I made a joke. I said I'd have to give uh, tickets away in the car park. And I feel like he wasn't a big draw back then. Like he wasn't ranked. Um, no one was really speaking about him that much. So I feel like now the fight means um, a lot more to me 
you know, it was like during that time. And then I knew I was going to have the uh, Dustin Poirier fight when he was like calling me out again. So I had two incredible fights. I had the Paul Fowler fight, Dustin Poirier fight. Like I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't take back the timing of either of those fights because I feel like Fowler was an incredible main event at UFC Auckland. And then I learned a lot from Dustin Poirier when we fight and had um, a great matchup at, um, at the Apex and another main event. So it's, yeah, like the timing on everything has um, has been phenomenal. So it's, yeah, people can say what they're going to say. It really doesn't matter. There's pe- still people that talk shit about Khabib's record. Like people just people just talk shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's interesting because with UFC 266, your story, Nazareth's story of getting to the fight and obviously it being such a great fight itself is one of the highlights of this event. Now you jumping up fighting Islam, UFC 267, for many, obviously, the champion Blackwitz is on there. There's some great matchups, but for many, this is going to be the fight to look forward to on the card. And it's funny how you spoke about timing and car parks and stuff because timing-wise, this thing has worked out really, really great. In terms of stakes, what do you think is on the line if you beat Islam here, especially after you know being the story of UFC 266 now going on and being one of the guys everyone's super excited to see at UFC 267 and then getting a win over Islam? At this point, um, yeah, like I feel like it's, I feel like it's massive. Like I feel like a win there really puts you in the mix. Like they're setting him up for a title shot. He's, he was saying in interviews, he's like, after I beat RDA, like I'm getting a title shot. So he's obviously getting told that by his like management team and things like that. That that's um, like what's on the line for this opportunity. And I know there's other fights out there. There's like, uh, Gagey Chandler, um, that fight, like, but Charles and, um, Poirier still have to fight. Like, you don't know who's going to catch an injury here or how these performances will go. Um, it's just like a bit of a, a sandstorm, but I feel like with a win over Islam Magachev, it puts me right in the mix. I definitely feel like I'm in the mix after that. i definitely feel like, max two fights off a title definitely definitely if um the stars align i'm in with a, a title shot yeah well this is where things get interesting because if charles Oliveira beats dustin poirier and you have michael chandler beating uh, justin gaethje here we have the man that gave him the nickname charlie olives possibly getting a win over yeah. islam that could that could lead to a title shot right there right yeah, like everyone knows, I'm I'm I'll happily talk shit about Charlie Olives. I feel like that. Fight. <laughs> I Bad feel like blood there. I feel like there's years. I feel like there's years of me saying mean stuff about Charlie Olives mm. to fall back mm. on. But yeah, like I feel like there's yeah there's years of it. You go back. I'm and I feel now I feel like I'm I'm in too deep to even um to even take any of it back. So I'll just double down on it. Yeah. Makes Conor Habib look like a tea party. I actually double down on on making fun of Charlie Olives. I feel like I know the answer here, but is it personal at all between you and Islam? I know you kind of joke about stuff. Is it personal at all when when you when you go in, and especially like going to enemy territory? Maybe not enemy territory, but going to Abu Dhabi. That's going to be a pretty surreal experience. I'm pretty happy in in like hostile tension. Uh, yeah, in like hostile territory. I'm pretty. Um, I'm pretty happy in like a confrontational environment, but nah, it's not, it's not, 
um, like per it's never it's never like personal with any of these guys. Um, yeah, it's not personal. Like if he wants to say mean stuff, he can say mean stuff. Like, um, but nah, to me, it's not personal. Like having something personal, having a real problem with someone, I couldn't. If I had a real problem with someone, I'm not gonna go to weigh-ins with them. I'm not gonna stand on a scale with them. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna do like a little face-off with them. I would fight that person. There's a. <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not personal. This is, um, this is fighting to prove you're the best fighter in the world. Oh, just on the situation with the team and everything like that. I know Eugene was on the show and he said things are sort of in the beginning stages. You'll have a bunch of teammates that are kind of stuck overseas um, towards the end of this year. Are you anticipating that this move happens pretty quick for you guys, you and the family, maybe after you get back to New Zealand, um, that's when all the, all the stuff happens, when you guys start es establishing this City Kickboxing America thing? And have you guys kind of spoken any more about that? Any any idea of where it could be or how soon it could happen? Um, yeah, like it looks like it's going to happen um, pretty soon. Like I'm already, I'm over here. There's no, there's no going home for me. Um, I can't get back to New Zealand. So it's uh, the best thing to do would be to bring my family over here with me. So for me, it's, it's done. I'm here. I'm in the States. I'm training. Um, yeah, that, that wheel is, is well and truly in, mo in motion. You know, um, a bunch of others, you know, the girls, Jenna and uh, Michelle are already stuck as well. Kai and Brad will be stuck before the year, uh, before the year is finished. So yeah, the, yeah, it's already happening. Like the wheels are the wheels are in motion. Yeah, half, half the team's already there. You're just waiting for the other guys to to catch up, hurry up, and uh, and come over. Um, as we let you go, Dan, what are, what is the official prediction? No more shitting on your wrestling. No more no more downplaying mm -hmm. anything. You're going in there. You're going there to win. What is the official prediction? Uh, oh, it's a little early for that, boys. I'm sure we're going to do another interview between now and <laughs> and the actual fight. I love the you know confidence. I, mean? I love it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's gonna um, that time will come. But I'm confident. I'm confident, and yeah, like picking a result. You asking for how the result of the fight will go? The second, the round, the the maneuver. Yeah. No, nah, I was just uh. Yeah, no. just trying to get an early, early feel for it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm, I, I feel like best case scenario for me is like not to just, um, like knock him out or something. Like that's not what I envision because that's not what I want out of the fight. Like, say the, say it's like a Ben Askren, he shoots, I knee. I still haven't proved that where my grappling sits, um, in the division. Like that's still not. That's still not answered the you questions. Don't feel, you don't feel like fight. after your last fight? Because a lot of people are very impressed. Dan Hooker grappling performance of 266. Yeah, there's different. Like that's like a that's like an offensive grappling performance. It'll now I'm trying to, to give you compliments and you're talking yourself down. No, I'm saying <laughs> it'll be good. I'm saying that's offensive wrestling. It'll be good to display um like some defensive skills because yeah, it'll be good to show off. It'll be it's cool to show off like uh a bit of everything. You get to show off how well-rounded you are.
Let's end on this note. Let me redeem myself. I think the more important question, really, the story. We have things to redeem ourselves for today, Dan. All right. <laughs> I want to. I want to sleep tonight, Dan. Yeah. No, but I feel like really the, the the most important question is is why 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 take this fight? And I know you've said I just can't resist a fight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I guess to really understand, you know, the, the way your mind works, I'm just fascinated. I think there's so many people that you know would have considered it, would have if not not taken it, would have at least considered it for longer. And the fact that you've just gone in and just said, yes, no worries, it's done so quickly. What is it that you want from this? Other than obviously a payday and providing for your family, what is it there that you want to prove? Why, why take this fine? I took it because I would regret not taking it. I would regret, I would regret turning it down, going back, uh, sitting in a hotel and, and, and living with regret is just not, it's just not part of, it's just not part of my story. Like I don't regret, I don't regret ever any fight I've ever taken. I don't regret the Dustin Poirier fight. I don't regret, I don't regret the Michael Chandler fight. You put me back in that exact same position. I still take that fight. Like I don't, I don't skip that fight or, or miss that fight. I have absolutely no regret um, for any of this. I'm I'm excited, like I'm all in. It's 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 like a powerful thing to live your life without regret. It's um, it's cool. I I wouldn't live life any other way. Wow. Well, some powerful stuff there to finish the interview out on, guys. Of course, you can now watch Dan Hooker make his big return UFC 267 against Islam Makachev. And this is the beginning of a 25-part Dan Hooker interview series leading into the fight. So, <laughs> so just let uh, George Hickman over there know that, um, yeah, Frank Hickman. Minutes, yeah, Frank Hickman and the boys over there know, you know. You'll be there 15 minutes early, but you might be speaking to a submission radio all the way over there on the car, on the, on the ride over. Dan Hooker, thank you so much, man. Can't wait to Thanks see the big Thanks for your time, routine. man. Pleasure, guys. Thank you.